0: You are listening to the Vineyard Nordic podcast. We invite you to join us on the exciting journey of following Jesus and bringing the kingdom of God wherever we go. This episode was recorded at the Vineyard Nordic
1: summer camp. I am uh, pastoring Umya Vineyard up in the north of Sweden, like eight hours north of Stockholm, together with my wife up here, uh, and uh, we are... I've been doing that since 2011.
2: <laughs> hey, yeah, <look>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
1: you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, I'm doing that on on some of my time, and on the rest of my time, I'm teaching uh, at ALT, Academy for Leadership and Theology. It's a Swedish pastor's seminar, four year pastor's education. And Anna is a nurse doing kidney stuff. (laughs) Um, And we have three grown up children. They are tomorrow, they are all here at the camp, actually. Welcome. And uh, it's very nice' a nice small church afternoon meal, but, but a very good church, and we love it. Uh, so this seminar will be all about listening to the voice of God, or how can I, or maybe how can I know that it is God who speaks? At least that's where I'm hoping that we should end up. Uh, but I will talk a bit about. How to listen to God's voice, and how does God speak uh, in the beginning at first? And let's pray. Let's start with prayer. Thank you, holy Father, that you are here, that you listen to us and that you speak to us. Thank you that you want to communicate. We ask you to come and open our hearts and sharpen our minds this hour to to hear from you and to to focus on you. Thanks you that you are here with your Holy Spirit wanting to talk to us and to open up your word for us. Amen. Uh, this is the kind of very simple outline for the seminar. We're starting off. With a short introduction, or does God speak? Uh, and then we go to how how He speaks, so we we'll already answered the first question. <laughs> and then uh, some practical advice listening to God's voice. Me.
0: Yes? Is it possible to have one the left light in
2: here?
1: I don't think it's so, actually. Sorry, I think it's just one. Yeah. Too dark.
2: Mm-hmm. Sorry.
1: Uh, so this is what I was thinking we should be going through and then also um, hopefully we have time for discussion and thinking together in the end. That's my plan. So, okay. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Good. Good, good. Uh, so the introduction. Does God speak? Yes, He does. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> That's a quick one. What happened now? Ah, oh, someone, someone did something they shouldn't be doing. Maybe <laughs> God. Maybe God. I actually think that we quite often make this whole thing about listening to God's voice something very spiritual and mystical and strange, when in fact it's very practical and very down-to-earth. Very simple is probably the wrong word, but it's, it's like, like everyday life. You don't have to, to, to make it very, more spiritual than it is. Uh, because the problem, I said it yesterday, but the big problem is that we are brainwashed. All of us. <laughs> Since you started school, you have been brainwashed to think that this world is a closed box, you know, where, where, where God can't intervene or where he doesn't exist. We have to think when we learn stuff, we learn, we learn how science works, we learn how, how, how this world functions and so on, and we have to learn to think uh, inside of this world. I don't know the English term, inom in Swedish. Uh, so, so, so we can't count with God's interaction in this world when we, when we think and when <coughs> we go to school and when we uh, talk to each other, almost. We get trained to count out God in the equation, out of the equation. Uh, and that's, I mean, I, I've been pumped with this since I started school at six years age, six years mm-hmm. of age until until I finished university. This this is the way of thinking in this in the Nordic uh, school system, in the Nordic world, in the public life in, in our countries. So we have been we're brainwashed really uh, to think that the world is a closed box. When in fact it's more like a, a basket with big open, a round basket with big open uh, sides towards God, for He intervenes and He speaks and He do things and He's um, connected with His creation. He just didn't create and then stepped back and just looked at what He had done. He created and then He walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And he talked to them, and they interacted with each other. And he has continued to interact with his creation through all history, this book tells us. So, the world is not a closed box. That's the first thing we should, you know, try to... uh, We we found the word yesterday. uh, Deprogram ourselves from this box thing. And start to, to realize that the world is a basket instead of a box. And God speaks and God does things within this world. That's the first kind of, um, if he doesn't, well then we can't hear him. But he does. The church history says so, the Bible says so, our experience says so. So it's it's, uh, uh, so much more that talks about that God actually do things in this world. Uh, and And we need to just make that a core part of our understanding of the world around us. so deprogram yourselves actually it's one of the most cited bible verses is Romans twelve one you know where it says, and now I'm not citing I'm just really quoting uh, let your your thoughts be changed, right. Remember that one? Yeah. Come on. Let, let God change your way of thinking. Let God change your your thoughts and your ways of understanding stuff. That's your that's part of your spiritual worship of yours. You. Welcome. <coughs> so we've been. That, that natural science can answer any, everything. That's not true. It's good. Natural science is a good thing. Uh, and, and it answers a lot of stuff. I said yesterday, as why planes can fly, for example. The Bible doesn't tell us why planes can fly, but, but natural science tells us how it can. We can be relatively secure because we know the physics works when we're flying. Uh, but, but it doesn't say anything about. Where do you come from? What's the purpose of your life? And where are you going? Nothing. You can't answer those kind of questions. It's like trying to, um, I mean, trying to use the wrong tool. Uh, Screwing in a screw with a a cross screwdriver when you need a, a whatever it's called, (laughs) straight one. Uh, Or or you don't go to the shoemaker to ask how long you should boil your potato. Right? It's just you go to the right area with the right kind of question. So you don't have to ask the Bible how planes can fly. You go to natural science and ask that. But you go to to the Bible and ask where do you come from? Where are are you going? Who are you? Who has God created you to be? And all these other questions that we have. Second, truth is not uh, a knowledge, a a saying, or or a definition. Truth is not a definition. I think it should be better than knowledge. Truth is not a definition. It is a relationship. Uh, John 1 18 says, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So, how do we get to know God? Who is the ultimate truth? Right? So how do we get to know God? Well, through a relationship with Jesus. To look at him, to see who he was, to see what he said, to see what kind of a life he lived. Because what he said, who he was, the life he lived, represent who God is to us. So when we get in relationship with Jesus, we get to know God. We are so very much influenced by Greek thinking, where where truth is definitions. We kind of try to to uh, get everything in order. You know, one everything you do is logic uh, down to the last piece of it. And you need to order things in the right way, and then you will understand them. It's Jewish way of of understanding truth is different in a way. It's much more relational, much more... um, (laughs) I I say sometimes that if if a Greek looked on the world, he asked the question, or the way of getting knowledge is to ask how. How does this work? How does this function? And, and why does it function as it does? And that's the way we have been taught to, to think knowledge. <clears throat> uh, and, and the Jews who are thinking is actually much more uh, a reaction to what God has presented. Not asking, how can this be? But, okay, this is what it is. And how do I live it? How do I live in this world that has been presented to me? A little bit of a, a side track, perhaps. But truth is not a definition; it's a relationship. It's a relation—a relation with Jesus. That's the the main, the core saying here. God created us for communication. That is so evident in the Bible. Uh, he he wanted to be communicate, in communication with 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 the humans that he created. And I went the first thing that happened after the fall, Adam and Eve they hide when they heard God coming, walking in the garden, and the first thing God says, Adam, where are you? Where are you? I'm looking for you. I want to be with you, I want to communicate with you. That's God's response <laughs> when, when, when we were lost and gone, just as, where are you? I want to be with you. I want to communicate with you. <clears throat> and, and for communication, we need a relation. Communication goes both ways. It's both God talking to us, and it's we talking to God. It goes both ways. And then you need a relationship or a relation. Otherwise, it will be proclamation, perhaps. It just goes one way. Uh, But to have a communication, it needs to go both ways. Uh, So we need a uh, a relationship with God to communicate with him. Uh, Communication defines us. This is psychology. Buber, if you you know Martin Buber. Uh, we are defined by our relationships and how we communicate with each other. Very very much. Not not totally, but very much. I become I become who I relate to. In Swedish. I become like those who I relate to. I usually put on a tail and on that one and say therefore I need to come relating to those whom I want to become like. I need to choose my relationships, because I will become like those I relate to. Um, So, if we communicate with God, we will become more like him, which is good, which is all that discipleship is all about. Being a follower of Jesus is about being become more like him. following Him, doing doing what He is doing. And it's always Jesus that is is in the center. He is, as we read before from John 1.18, He is the one who is showing us who God is and what God wants. And if we want to know who we are and what we are supposed to be doing and what God tells us and, and shows us in our lives for our way forward, You need to know who God is. Okay? Um, We have one big helper in this, and it's the Spirit. (laughs) Spirit of God. John 16 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is not yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is not from me that he will receive, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. This is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. Hasn't been like this the two previous days in this room, strange. But this is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, who had not yet come when he's saying this, but came on Pentecost and is here today. He will speak of me because it's from me he will get what he is to tell you. So the Spirit talks, Jesus works. Jesus is still in the centre. Jesus is the one who, who shows us who God is. But the Spirit will help us and guide us and lead us into, into the relationship with Jesus. Maybe you remember that Paul, Apostle Paul says in First Corinthians, uh, it's good that you pray in tongues, and I pray more in tongues than any one of you. You know that? First Corinthians fourteen. Uh, and and he says that because when you pray in tongues you edify yourself, you build up yourself. And and that's being in rela- praying in tongues It's really being in relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. That's why it edifies you. That's why you become more like Jesus, praying in tongues. Just relating to Jesus, just being together with him. Um. Good. God wants to communicate. That's really on his agenda. He wants to tell us so many so much stuff. Uh, and I'm thinking, we are often making it strange and hard, but God is trying to communicate with us in ways that we will understand and that we can accept. This is important, you need to hear it. God wants to communicate with us and he will try us all different ways until he finds a way that you can hear and that you can accept. He's our father, he's our parent, he, you know, you know, if you have a child, and, and let's say that this child is deaf, um, my, my father is deaf, or was deaf, he's dead now, but he was deaf. But let's say that, that one of my child children are deaf, and how do I communicate with the children, with the child? Well, I don't just speak louder, do I? Or stand shouting at it, because it can't hear me anyway. I find another way to communicate, maybe I will learn sign language, maybe I will find other ways to communicate, maybe we will have more body language between us, maybe we will have signs and stuff and special little uh, private uh, things that we do that communicates that is our special language, but I will find different ways of communicating. That my child can understand, and that my child uh, accepts the, the communication that, that is acceptable for for the child. So you might find it really hard speaking in tongues, for example. You don't have to speak in tongues. It's a good thing, but you don't have to. Uh, uh, and and maybe, or maybe you find it hard when people fall on the floor, and, and God is doing things and speaking to them. Uh, well, you don't have to. You don't have to fall on the floor. If you, don't, if you can't accept falling on the floor, God won't put you on the floor. You don't even have to be afraid of It, it won't happen. Because God, do not go over your boundaries. Sometimes preachers say, God is a gentleman. He is treating you well and right. And he doesn't force himself on you doesn't go over your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And this is is one way of him showing that, that he, he won't do things with you that you can't accept, or that you can't find uh, okay. Uh, but it's good, though, to fall on the floor and just have God's mercy and love flowing through you. It's a very nice feeling. It's a very wonderful way of being together with God when that happens. But He won't cross your boundaries. He won't force you to communicate with Him. He didn't force Adam and Eve in the garden. They asked, where are you? Come talk to me. Come be together with me. It's your decision. It's called free will. But he wants to find ways of with, communicating with you. If the best way for you is through reading the Bible, well, God will use that. If the best way for you is walking in the forest, God will use that. If the best way for you is, is just sitting down listening to him, soaking in his presence, well, he will use that. But he will always find, trying to find ways to communicate with you that you find acceptable. For me, I want him to communicate in all ways. All possible ways. So I'm open for it all. If you want to have me on the floor, God, please do. If you want, me, want to have me dancing, God forbid, <laughs> please do. If you want to, to talk to me when I'm in the forest, please do. I want to be open for God to speak to me in always. But he, he can. But that's that's really up to you. The important thing is that you have channels open, that you have ways that you have allowed him to speak to you. We can practice listening to God's voice. Uh, John ten twenty seven says um, My sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. Uh, in Swedish it says, my sheep knows my voice. It, uh, no, listen, just listen here. But it says, knows my voice. It says that the shepherd in this world, he was walking and the sheep were all around him. And he was talking to them, singing, doing things. And they followed his voice. They followed the voice of the shepherd. Because they recognized it. And they, there could be many shepherds in an area, but they know that's my shepherd. That's the one I know will get me to the green grass. So I will follow that one. And and, and if the sheep did not know the shepherd's voice and just run astray, the shepherd would go find it and tell it, don't do that again. Uh, in a very hard way, actually. Uh, we were in Israel I mean, by November, and then someone said that, that uh, Actually, the shepherd. You know, we have this picture of a of shepherd, Jesus as a shepherd with a sheep over the shoulder. You no, know? the shepherd did like that. They actually took the sheep that had run astray, broke its bone. It he heals very quickly, apparently, uh, but still broke its bone and carried the sheep with him, so it could not run astray. Uh, and then, and then when he put it down, just stay there because it had a broken bone, right? And then you could take it up again and continue walking. And the sheep would be that close to the shepherd all the time, listening to his voice, getting to know the shepherd's voice. I don't know, perhaps God does to go that to us sometimes. Make us immobilized, in a way. And and, and just, to, just for us to be able to to get to know voice. to I think in this world that we're living in right now, with all this, all the sound, you know, all the things that are being thrown at us all the time, all the information, the internet, all the screens, all the welcome, all the information, the TV, computer, internet, this one, horrible thing, uh, <laughs> it's, and very useful, but it's like bruise I guess it communicates in all our languages, that we live in. It's very loud, very, very loud, and sometimes we need to take that away, just put it away all of it, and just start to listen, because this this, uh, noise can actually go over the voice of God in in our lives. (coughs) but we can practice and when we practice we get to know his voice better and we can start to um, to hear it in, within the noise and within all the other voices we will recognize well that's my shepherd's voice I can can single it out within all the other voices that's my shepherd's voice and I will follow that one but we need to practice. It doesn't come from itself. We need to practice it. So, that's, yes, God speaks. That's, this is the introduction. Here comes the main part. How does God speak? How does God speak? Uh, in Scripture, He speaks in the Scripture, Psalm 105, 119, the Bible's longest chapter, Uh, and verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And 2 Timothy uh, 3.16 says, All scripture are God-breathed. God has breathed his spirit into all scripture. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be throughoutly equipped for every good work. And just very quickly, there are different ways of reading the Bible. I will just say look on three three different ways quickly. Different ways of, of getting the scripture inside of you. Uh, first of all, worldview. This is like the bulk, just reading. Find this, uh, a Bible that's easy to read. Maybe it's an easy translation. Maybe it's a Bible with big letters. Maybe it's just something that's easy to read, and just read a lot. When when the letters, for example, were sent to the different churches in, in the first century, uh, they were read as letters straight through in the in church like a sermon. So. Read all of the Ephesians once, not just two verses every day. Just read, like you like if you read a novel or, or, a, or a, an exciting book. It is an exciting book. <laughs> I mean, if you read a, a fairy tale or something like that. Just, just read. Just fill yourself with the Word of God. Consume the Word; it will consume you. You become more like Jesus. Just read it, and it will actually change your worldview when you do it. You're so full. You've been brainwashed, and you're so full of this world. You just need to fill up (laughs) with the Bible, with God's world instead. And this is His world described for you. So you just read and read and read. It's great. It's wonderful. And it will change your way of looking at things. It will change your way of naturally looking at the world as a closed box into looking at the world as an open basket instead. <coughs> so, changing the world, you just read. Personally, God will speak to you personally through this book. Uh, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, we we read this book as if it's, Every verse, every single word, is to me right now. And I, have, I read two verses every day, and they should speak to me into my life right now. Have you ever done that? I think you have. <laughs> or taking fun verses. Let's see what it says. And it says something in strange. <laughs> uh, but uh, And sometimes God can use that and speak like that. But it's not the rule. Right? Sometimes God uses that way. But it's, it's personal and it's not the truth for everyone what happens when you do it like that. But it's, God can use that way of speaking to you if you're open <coughs> for, for that. But you shouldn't take every word like that. Like, if it's, like, this is the true word of God for me right now. But you can speak personal like that. I'm actually lifting out Bible verses for you out of the Bible. Uh, you can also read the Bible like the text carries its own meaning. Uh, and this this is what the, the people did in the like 1800 to and forward. People were reading so much Bible. They were really biblical. They knew the Bible inside out. And you know the great revivals from mid mid 18th century uh, or 1850 and forward. uh, They were just reading and reading and reading. And and they know the Bible very very well. We have a problem in churches today, and that is that we don't read the Bible. We don't read the Bible. We think that we can be Christians without reading the Bible. And we think that God will speak to us without reading the Bible. And He's graceful and merciful, so He does speak to us. But it would be so much better if we actually read His Word. And today, it should be so much easier than before, because we have it everywhere. I mean, I have like 20 Bibles in this one. Uh, some, some that you can listen to as well, not just read. You can, you can uh, just have them in the earphones when you go out running or when you walk or, or whatever. It should be so much easier to fill yourself with the Word of God today. And this is the main way God speaks to you. The Bible is the main way that God speaks to you. And nothing that he says in any other way will contradict what he says in this word because this word is the the, the thing that everything else in our Christian life should be aligned with. Historical critical reading uh, may, might be may sound strange, but it's uh, just looking a bit further. Buy a book that tells you a bit about who wrote this book. Well, it was Paul. Uh, Okay, it was Paul. When did he write it? Oh, it was in the 50s. 52, perhaps. Where did he write it from? From Ephesus. Why? Well, because the Corinthians had asked him a lot of questions, and they wanted answers to all these questions. All right, so they have a communication between Corinth and Ephesus. Yeah, true. They have a communication. They are sending letters back and forth over the sea Corinth to Ephesus. There's at least four letters. We only have two of them in the Bible. Two of them are lost. But at least four letters were sent between Ephesus and Paul sent at least four letters to Corinthians to the Corinthians. And we have perhaps... Number two and four of those letters, called number one and two, in our Bibles. Uh, and if you know this, you will actually know much more about. Well, well, why does he write as he writes? Why does it tell? Why does it say that that women can't have short hair? It's a strange thing to say. Well, if you knew that in for in Corinth, they had. Uh, 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 a big, big temple where they, they um, sacrificed for, for um, um, things to grow better in the fields, and the, the, the way of, of offering worship was to lay with a prostitute, and those prostitutes were all shaved. They have shaved heads. So if you're a Christian, they have very really short hair, or shaved heads in Corinth you will be mistaken for a prostitute, for a tempting prostitute. But, and if you know that, it's quite, quite obvious. Well, you shouldn't look or try to be like a prostitute. You should be, be look uh, and be honorable. Uh, and if you know this, well, it's quite obvious that you shouldn't have short hair in Corinth. But does that apply to everywhere all times? Probably not, because we don't have those kind of temples in Nihem. Right? (laughs) So it doesn't matter, really. It doesn't matter in Nihem. Maybe in some other place where they do have these temples. I don't know anywhere in the world right now. But maybe then, maybe there are other social codes that we should avoid as Christians, because they are not good they're not showing the 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 greatness and the holiness and the mercy of god maybe there are other things we should avoid in our cultures instead of long or short hair okay Uh, but getting to know where well where did he write it why did he write it how did he write it? what kind of genre is it and and also to whom who are the receivers of this thing that is written. That's historically critical reading for you. And this is easy to find in, in books. Like, there are books down No, they're not books down here. No. Uh, oh, yeah, the one who went to write, uh, commentaries. There are some, some of this stuff in those ones. But there are also, you can find it on the internet, or in the Message Bible, or the Living Bible. Usually the, there was a green Living Bible in Swedish. It had one page in the Bible, or in the Study Bible, Usually, there is this that there is one page, perhaps, that tells you all about this before you start to read the book, the actual book. And it's so worth just reading those, that page and have kind of the setting for the text that you're reading. Helps a lot to understand what what is saying. Okay. Some short interpretation keys, just to uh, please keep those. How God speaks. Uh, in the natural, open and close doors. Like, like the world around you, uh, God, I think that we are doing this, listening to God's voice for our lives, so spiritual, when it's really simple. Open and close doors. I think like this. What are you good at? I mean, I'm not very good at Chinese. I will probably not be a Chinese missionary. It could happen, but probably not. So that's, that door is closed, naturally. If I want to, well, I'm almost 50, and languages are hard for me, so learning Chinese is not really an option. Uh, so. Chinese missionary is not really an option for me anymore, okay? Box that one away. It's a closed door, very natural. Uh, What do you find joy in doing? In the 80s when I became a Christian, in the 70s as well, I know, there was a, a thing, really, that God always wants you to do what you don't want to. God's calling on your life is to do what you don't want to. And that's just so stupid. (laughs) Uh, and God's calling in life is to do what you're not good at and it's just strange, isn't it? if God wants you to do something he will have put a longing in your heart to do that and he will also have given you the ability to do that so that's why I'm saying what do you long for? what longing has God put down in your heart? and what gifts has he given you? to, to do it what are you good at? What do you find joy in doing? That's just, you know, starting the, in the easy way. The natural, kind of natural. What kind of natural gifts did God, God give you? If I'm an awful painter, <coughs> God probably doesn't want me to be a painting artist. If I'm, in hor- if I'm a horrible singer, probably God doesn't want me to be a worship leader. I could practice, and I could become better, and maybe God will use me in that way, and I can make it okay. But but He hasn't appointed me to be the worship leader of Sweden, right? Easy, not very strange. What do you want to do? The will of of, of what what God has put for kind of. A longing in your heart. I educate pastors and leaders. There is just, every year, there is just one or two, maybe not even one or two, that come and they start to read this four-year course, and they no, almost no one says, I want to become a pastor.
0: You know that?
1: No, you didn't know that, but now you know. <laughs> because they, they they say, well, I want to work in church, or I want to preach or I want to teach or I want to know more about the Bible and then then during the studies, during the time it kind of gets clearer and clearer, well it's, it's I'm gonna be a pastor. And when they're finished they get a job offering and, and they become wonderful pastors. Uh, and and but I think Many of them come with a secret wish, a secret longing to actually preach the word, help people forward in the kingdom of God, actually being a pastor, a Christian leader, in, in, in leading a church, church leader in one sense or another, being a shepherd, being an evangelist, being a prophet, being those five, one of those five uh, giftings. And Paul actually says, this we, and, and, and sometimes they don't want dare to say it because they think it should be fire print in the sky before they can say, I'm supposed to be a pastor. But that, that's a godly calling, and it needs to be so whole. A plane would have to fly by and do some ding, 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 and say, be pastor. pastor. <laughs> but Paul says, like this, in, in First Timothy 3, here is a trustworthy saying, Listen to this. Whoever aspires to be an overseer or (coughs) a bishop desires a noble task. Whoever desires to be an overseer, desires to be a Christian leader. And then comes the the list of all the the, the, um, things that should follow a Christian leader. But it says whoever desires, whoever wants to become a Christian leader should uh desire a good thing. And I think this is true for all of us in our lives. Hearing God's voice for our lives is actually listening to what you're good at, what you want to do, and what your heart longs for. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is this was a long one, sorry. Uh, but listening to those open and closed doors, uh, Act 16, Paul is trying to go somewhere, and and the door closes because it's probably war where he wanted to go, so he goes another way. <laughs> Easy simple. Well, don't go there, go there instead. So he changes his mind because the the borders were closed. Uh, fellow Christians. Listening to your fellow Christians. I call it body language. Uh, the, the, what, what other Christians say to you. If you say, well, I want to become a Christian leader, I want to become a pastor. What does your Christian friends tell you about that? And this is, sometimes we tend to listen to Christians far away. Like Christian leaders, big speakers on the internet. On YouTube, wonderful preachers, don't listen to them. <laughs> you could do, but not for your life in that sense. Because they don't know you. The ones who know you are the, you are the ones who are living together with you, around you. The ones you are spending your daily life with. The people in your home group, the people in your local small church or your church group. Uh, your family, those who are just connected with you. Sometimes we think that the, the, the big speakers on YouTube or far away, they're so holy so they know everything. Did you know that holiness or apparent holiness increases with distance? And the calling of God the the level of God's calling on a person increases with distance that's how we feel about it anyway Uh, but and then we come I mean if you came close to and lived together with those big speakers that we're listening to you would understand and you would see that they're farting as well and they're also saying bad things and they're also just living normal lives, eating, sleeping, and, and uh, doing all the normal stuff that people actually do. Uh, so, so, but, but when you just see them saying wonderful things on YouTube, they tend to think that they are semi-gods. So that's why as a parent, uh, or, or holiness increases with distance. <coughs> so... Listen to the ones around you, the ones you'd share your life with, the ones you are, are living together with. Uh, Acts 15:28 says in it's where, where they have gathered in, in, uh, in Jerusalem to figure out this with the Gentiles. And they, they, it ends up with them writing a letter to the Gentiles, to the Jews, writing a letter to the Gentiles, saying that, the Holy Spirit and and we have agreed. <laughs> it's like we have we. This is the truth. The Holy Spirit and we have agreed that we should follow those, those simple rules. And then the, they count some. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Counting. Dreams. God speaks to, through dreams. We have Joseph, for example, in the Old Testament. Wonderful how God speaks to him in dreams and, and it becomes true and his life is totally changed through dreams. I have such, a, such an experience how God spoke to me in a dream once. I was on, at, uh, had done my first year at uh, uh, the Pastor's Academy where I was teaching studying theology. And uh, I used to be working as a shoe seller, selling shoes. Uh, and I dreamt that uh, one night I was thinking, should I, should I continue doing these studies or should I not? Uh, and I just, we were thinking together as a family, should, should, should we go this path, should we go this way, or should we take another way? And we were thinking and wondering and, and uh, praying. And then I dreamt a dream, that uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, someone called me on the phone and said, it was actually the shoe selling company, the boss in the shoe selling company, called me on the phone and said, shouldn't you come and work with us again? It would be so good to have you back. We have better areas to work in, because I was traveling around selling shoes. We have better areas, we have more freedom, Uh, you get more money. And, and it's uh, better in every way. And I said, oh, okay, well, I don't know if I should continue this pastor's education, so yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'll skip the pastor's education and I will do shoe selling instead. So I did. And it, was, it worked well. I earned much more money than I did before. And it, it, uh, I sold a lot of shoes. it was so horribly boring. You know, like in a dream where you're walking in syrup. Like that. Really, really boring. Just horrible. Even though it was working okay and I was selling a lot of shoes and I earned a lot of money. It was just boring. And then, the very next day, at three o'clock in the afternoon, and now I'm not dreaming anymore. This is for real. At three o'clock in the afternoon, they called me from the, from the other shoe selling company because they thought I was still working with the first one, and said, shouldn't you come and work with us instead? We have better areas. We have more money per shoe. You will earn more. More freedom. And, and everything is much better with us. Shouldn't you come and work with us instead? You know what I said? I said, no. I have already done it. I've tried it. That's my first feeling. This is just unbelievable. <laughs> and then... Well, I've already tried this, and I don't want it. It's horrible. It will be good, but it will be horrible. So, God gave me a choice. I think that I actually could have been a shoe seller, and it could have been okay, it could have been good, but God gave me a choice. Do you want to be a shoe seller and have boring, or do you want to be a pastor and a teacher and have fun? I go for the fun. <laughs> <clears throat> Interesting, isn't it? This is many years ago. Let's see. Um, Bye. <laughs> dreams. That's, I think it's an important way of God speaking to us, you know. And, and also just in between sleep and waking, you know, this this twilight zone where we kind of if we. If you ask God to speak to you in those areas, I think you will. We're in our home group, a couple of years ago, we, we actually have said, that, let's be the dream team of the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we prayed that God would give us dreams in our home group, so we could be the dream team. Uh, and, uh, and he did. He gave us lots of dreams. And we remember the dreams in a new way. And, and God just started to speak to us. In that way, because we allowed him to speak to us in that way. Feelings. That's also uh, an important way of God speaking. Um, Wishes. I said, what what kind of longing has He put in your heart for your own life? What do you want? Assurance is another one. You know, sometimes you can feel that this is hard, this is not the fun thing, but this is actually walking in syrup, but I know it's the right thing. That can be God speaking to you. That's assurance. I know that I'm in the right place, even though it's tough, even though I don't want it. But I know this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And I have to push through this. (coughs) rationality. That's one thing that we so often just think about in this context. Uh, We kind of tend to, when we become Christians, we think that we don't have to think anymore. Let's put our brains on the shelf and uh, stop thinking. Well, that's not God's way. That's human uh, lazy way. (laughs) God gave you a brain. He wants you to use it. And so... I said yesterday, that's the advice I give to, to couples, or to singles as well, who wants to be married, uh, and say, who should I marry? I'm waiting for God to send someone, and then I say, well, God gave you yeah, a brain, who do you want to marry? Use your brain. It's, n- it's as simple as that. Oh, not really, they want, need to be, want to marry you as well, of course, but <laughs> it's a start anyway. It's a start. God speaks in the supernatural. Through prophetic voices in your life. That speaks into your, into your life. Through, revel- through revelations. <laughs> what was that? Through revelations. Through, through knowledge that comes to you. That's not your own knowledge. Through pictures. That's a. That's a we're all good at pictures, aren't we? In the vineyard. I have a picture for you. Maybe we'll check if this is from God. Pictures. With a hearable voice. Has anyone of you heard God speak with a hearable voice?
2: What would you mean?
1: A hearable like, like I'm speaking now with a voice that you can hear with your physical ears?
2: Yeah? time? said, in the park, and turned down the electricity. of this, and he turned down the, and he said, look! And I started looking at the ground and, a table of the world, was, uh, and found a big paper that this, and I uh, the a on the table was, and I could that the yeah. But part of yeah. the And people uh, walk on this paper where they could see but they saw only the two. Yeah. So I just and go on uh yeah. and I've
1: got a few
2: and then far and
1: yeah. wonderful <laughs> God's blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was five or seven in my grandfather's house.
1: And I heard the word "ama." Hmm. Exactly. That's. I, I've actually heard my, voice, my my name as well, just like that. Or as I felt it in a way, it was in saying, like that. Hearing in my physical ears, just good. Oh. and then I love it. I didn't hear that, but that was. You know, inside of the name, in a way. Just saying, God's saying my name. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Paul heard God speaking, here of on, on the way to Damascus. Samuel did. Samuel did, yeah. yeah. Many times, at that night when he, he went up and said, he thought it was his master. Mm-hmm. True. So it happens. More often than we think, I, I believe
2: yeah. For me, it only happens when I'm just lost, because think of something, but not in everyday life. Sometimes was I was the moment, he said, in the past.
1: And I don't know why. I don't know why. In a vision, Paul has a vision of this uh, cloth coming down with all, all uneatable animals. And his God says, go to the Greeks, go to the Gentiles. Uh, supernatural knowledge and more. And here comes some practical advice, just finishing up. I think if we should start to listen to God's voice for our lives, uh, it's good to do it in an orderly, and ordered way. Uh, this is what's called an enslinje in Swedish. It's called uh, leading line in English. And it's something you use when, you have, when you're at sea. Or, or close to land, and you should find your way, you have like two, two signs on an island, like this. One uh, down at the beach, and one up at the uh, mountain. And then you are like this, up at the mountain, and down at the beach. And if you're out at sea, uh, you will actually have a line. Um, you will have a line for now, right? But, but for you, it's not line. You're outside of the line. Okay, you understand what works? Mm-hmm. You need to be in line with those two sides. If you're not, you're in trouble. Uh, so, so if you go there, you, you will find the line and you can follow it. It's called ens uh, or leading line. Uh, and uh, actually, it can also look like this. This is a map. <laughs> and then you have, this is a sea map. Uh, and here you have two signs, which signs out this leading line. And on this island, you have, two, the same, same island. Island. And on this mm-hmm. place, you have two lines, which signs out this leading line. And here is a, a rock that you should try to avoid. You see? And you can actually find a way in through this hard area uh, by following the line. And then you know when you're quite close to land, you just go up by so inside of the mountain, and you see this line. And then you follow that line. Here. And actually you could think of this as leading lines, what I'm going to tell you now, as leading lines for your life. Uh, uh, and there are certain things that should be aligned with each other. Four things I'm, I'm suggesting. Uh, this is a kind of balanced help then for for your uh, listening to God's voice for your life and uh, it should be what you hear God say or what you think about your life it should be in line with the scripture that's the first sign the scripture this is always the most important way God speaks to us Actually, most stuff about your life is already in here. You don't have to listen, you don't have to think, you just read and it's in here. Most of of how you should live your life is just in this book. But it should, what you hear God say or what people prophesy over you or any other way that you hear God's voice, of all these things, if you dream or, or whatever, it should be in line with the scripture. If it's not, it's not God's voice. Simple as that. That's why you need to know the Scripture. If you know the Scripture, it's so much easier, easier to to know if you're inside or outside of his, the Scriptures. So in line with the Scripture. Second, second sign, in line with the body, the body of Christ. The people around you. The people you share your everyday life with. The Christian people you share your everyday life with. People in your home group. The people in your church. The people in your local community. Uh, that you, and, and here, I think we need to start to talk more with each other. You know, I feel God saying this to me. What do you think about that? Can you see this in me? Can you, I want to be a shoe salesman. <laughs> Is that right? What do you think? Can you see that in me? Is that your opinion on, on me and my life? Should I be a shoe salesman? You need to start to talk about these things within those small groups. Uh, and not listening to, to uh, heroes, Christian heroes, far away, but listening to the ones who are actually part of your own community, share life with you. Those are the ones who are able to tell you about these things. In line with your own experience, <coughs> what do you experience? What do you, what, do you, uh, what do you feel God say to you? Uh, what is God's... Well. Yeah, what do you feel God is saying to you? What's your own experience? Usually, this is the one we take first, isn't it? And for me, it's just one of all these four signs, four four different things that should be aligned for this line, the guiding line. Uh, And then, the fourth one is, is it constructive or deconstructive? It should not be deconstructive. It should be constructive. It should be building the kingdom of God. Not ruining it. It should be building up yourself and people around you. If it ruins yourself or people around you, it's probably not from God. Okay? So these four areas, it should be kingdomish, you could say also. It should be aligned with the kingdom of God. And if you have those four signs in line, you could actually be pretty sure. But this is the word of God, and this is the way of God for my life. This is His will for my life. This is what He has planned for me. This is what He has created me for. Do you hear me? I think it, it, you, quite often we single out one. Quite often it's the experience we single out. as the only way of listening to God's voice. But there are so many more. And God won't say something in Scripture and something else in your experience. You just won't. Or if three of these things is in line and one is not, maybe, if we go back to, to this picture, maybe you could, you know, if you're out here driving a book, you could do 30 knots really fast. It's no problem, it's just a go for it. Right? you know there will be no stones, nothing to hit. But if you go up here, and you have two three in line and one is not in line, maybe you're out here looking, searching. Perhaps you should try it, you could, but take it easy. You know, if you're out there going with a boat, you put someone in the front to look for stones, and you will go really, really slow so that you can stop and go backwards if you see a stone from there. Take it really, really easy. Maybe that's the way of doing it. If you don't have all the things in mind, maybe you have three environments one not, go out here and take it easy. Just don't go for it in 30 knots. That's just stupid. Do it slow then, and, and see what happens, and see if, if things clear up. Maybe maybe you have uh, you have all the three uh, the three lines up, but the body doesn't say, Well, it could be that you should do that. We don't really know what do you want. You don't get a clear answer. Mm-hmm. Maybe just step carefully forward and, and you know, have, have a friend watching out in the front of the boat for the stones and just take it easy. And that's okay. <coughs> it's an adventure going with God, isn't it? And sometimes, The light for the path forward isn't switched on until you take the next step. Quite often, actually. And then we take the next step, and then the light goes on a little bit further. Quite often it is like that in life. But if if that's so, do it careful and easy. That's my advice. Um. Yeah. That's actually... That's the, the this picture is what I want you to take with you most of all from this session. Uh, and now we we'll have some time if you want to for for questions, for discussing, for thinking together. It's eight past twelve. So if you have any questions, feel free yeah.
2: Um, it's a, it's a, it's a bar, so, I need to say you, you know by God sometimes. Sometimes, when You take this in, and sometimes, we're still going to teach it And I pray like every day uh, from parents, and friends, from brothers, friends,
1: Sometimes it feels good. Sometimes we can feel God speaking to us, feel God being close. Feeling God being, doing stuff in our life, and we are with him. Sometimes God feels far away. It's a feeling. It's not the truth. It's a feeling. God is always close. That's what the Bible teaches us. So that's where the Bible overtrumps everything again. God is always close. Our feelings go up and down. Our relationship to God goes up and down a little bit. Our uh, way of communicating with Him goes up and down, uh, but He is always close. That, that's the kind of you, see, you, know, you, need to, you need to stand on what the Word teaches. That's, this is the ultimate truth.
2: Do I have to read the Bible more? Mm-hmm.
1: I, don't know, I don't know if I should say you just need to have to read the Bible more. Uh, it's, uh, it's one way of filling yourself with. with with this worldview, as we started off with, because we're brainwashed, uh, but, but it's, that, that can, could help, I think. But also, uh, it's just to, you know, when you feel when you don't feel that God is that close, realize that this is a feeling, and it's it's uh, it's not it's not the truth. The truth is that God is close is that he is close to all the time.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. I had an experience a couple of years back where I really wanted to get rid of the habit and I prayed to God to help me um, yeah. to get rid of it, to give me strength yeah. so I could overcome it. Um, and uh, nothing happened until I realized that. I myself, I have to believe in my prayers. I have to believe that you would help me and be there for me. And then I succeeded. When I started really believing that He would be there, I think that is an
1: important lesson to me. You have to believe what I asked for. True. You have to stand behind what we are actually asking for. For real. It's like I could pray or wish that I run 100 meters in 10 seconds. Don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it won't happen automatically, just because I say so. Uh, and this is this is actually also a student, uh, Anna person, a, a problem or a fault. Some Christian teachings teach us that uh, when you speak, you recreate the world around you. Uh, and it's not really true. Hmm. But when God speaks, he creates. Sometimes when we speak, our words create stuff. But I couldn't speak and say that I will, will uh, run 100 meters in 10 seconds because it's physically not possible for me to do that. Uh, well, maybe if God made a, a miracle, it will happen, but <clears throat> sometimes we create bad feelings in ourselves, bad self-esteem, bad ways of looking at ourselves by the words we use about ourselves. Well, quite often, actually, we do that. Uh, and that's, that then it creates things within us, the things that we say. Uh, but that's different. That's not that's not changing the reality around us. And it's, called, it's called positive confession. You've heard of it, I guess. And it's it's not Christian. It's Christian to talk about yourself the way God talks about you. But just speaking doesn't change the world around you. That's not prayer either. Uh, still, though, as you say, when we pray, we should pray. Have you seen the, the, um, the film Bruce the Almighty? Yeah, he should, God teaches him to pray, remember? God teaches Bruce how to pray. And so first of all, he starts off with being religious, saying all the right stuff. And then God tells him, no, don't do that. Pray from your heart. Pray what's in your heart. Pray what you really mean. And then it's different. Right? And that's a little bit, I think, what we need to do. We need to pray from our hearts. What, what does we really long for? And do we believe it? Do we believe God can do this? Do we believe God wants to do this? Yeah. Are our prayers in line with the kingdom? And what God has pur- for purpose in our lives? Are they constructive?
0: I'm thinking of a picture. Sometimes a baby, one year old, is screaming in its bed, in the room, in the class. And it feels insecure. It really thinks it's all alone. It's only me, the baby, and screaming out loud in the dark room. The baby's knowledge is I am alone, and the baby is only secure. But the truth is that the flesh is bigger than you know, that, that the mum outside, and the mum exists, <laughs> but the baby doesn't know. The baby dreams gets mm-hmm. it's a picture of that there is a parent uh, wanting the baby to be addressed and peaceful.
1: Mm-hmm. They also. Uh, seasons in our lives. Sometimes God takes us through a season where He's relatively quiet. I think usually those seasons are growing seasons for us, standing on the promises and the, the knowledge about our lives that's in this book. So when, when and often we feel that God is, is far away at those times.
2: I don't tell to do one thing, and I don't to do that. He won't tell him another thing because he won't do the first thing, and then he tells me, next next thing to do. Mm-hmm. So if I don't want to do that, I can't do that. Sometimes, mm-hmm. not always, but
1: could be, yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. Good. More questions or comments? Yes.
0: I was thinking, you feel very afraid to do wrong things. And uh, that uh, stops you from doing anything. Yeah. And you feel that mm, uh, perhaps the feeling is strongest uh, spoil.
2: Mm.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I am afraid of doing what I feel God is saying,
0: um, perhaps, and,
1: uh, and, and I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if it's God. And you're not sure if it's God who is saying it. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the time. Because that's the experience, you feel God is saying something, but you're not really sure, and you're afraid of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the fear, that the experience, mm-hmm. things are the same. Well, then I, <laughs> I'm uh, i a little bit, I feel like I'm out here, mm-hmm. among the rocks. Mm-hmm. I do it slowly, take it careful. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, if I should talk to someone, God says to me, this is a really funny one. <laughs> Once I felt so, st- I actually felt very strongly that it was very wrong, uh, that God spoke to me. And, but I was afraid of doing it, I was afraid of doing this. It was a girl who was together with this unchristian guy. And I felt I should talk to, to them or to her and say that we shouldn't be together with this guy. Uh, and which is right, of course, but, and I was a pastor in the church and uh, felt I should do something with this. So I walked up to this girl and and talked to her and said that I don't think we should be together with this guy. Carefully, though. uh, uh, But still, I said those words. Now, they've been married for like 20 years. They have three children, and he's a Christian, and they're leaders in the church. (laughs) 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 You know, sometimes it's just, (laughs) <laughs> hard to know God's voice in that way mm-hmm. so that's why I'm uh, thinking those, those so, so that's when you're out here in the, in the stony area mm-hmm. take it slowly carefully and maybe you should maybe ask questions you think God has said something instead of saying thus says the Lord you should not be together with this guy maybe you should ask what do you think uh, being together with this guy is it good for you is it, is it good? Is it, is it in the Bible? What do you think? Maybe I should have done it like that instead. Mm-hmm. Taking it careful. Uh, and also, I think those four, four things. We should always have those four things with us when we, when we think about... It. I mean, if you have a picture for someone, you don't have to ask the body of Christ first Uh, we could just give it in an orderly and and, uh, nice way. Uh, But when you think about our lives and the directions of our lives and what we're supposed to be doing with our lives, it's big decisions. Where are we supposed to live? What what are we supposed to be working with? Um, How should I be fulfilled? The only place you will be fulfilled is when you are within um, God's intention with your life. So that's where you will be really fulfilled. Let's see now. I think you said something and you and you.
2: Yeah. I was just thinking of your example because uh, once somebody told you that nothing bad comes from God,
1: yeah. nothing bad comes from God, someone said, yeah? Yeah,
2: and if, if you were, what, what you were doing I was just thinking, of, you yeah. were judging the man.
1: Yeah, I was judging if, the man. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's yeah. So, yeah. I think it's the better
1: way to say, okay, you Maybe I did wrong, totally wrong. Yes, feel free to go if you want to. It's Time is up, really. It's uh, 20 past or something. Yeah, 21. Feel free to to leave. And thank you for coming. Nice having you here. Uh, Yeah. Nothing bad comes from God. No. No? I think
2: one of the hard things is to be very careful. with something that I work a lot with, not to
1: touch. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the main. So, Just here and here, don't judge each other. Yeah. 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 It was someone over here who. Yeah, please. Yeah. i
2: ask um, mm-hmm. question in um, the same to go after. Yeah? question. Yeah? if this is actually something you want to do, just through yeah. this view. Yeah. So, I think we can be in expectance as well to show up to I think, and do it again. Um, I mean, if we can say once, and it's not once. Yeah. So, um, asking to, well, I think you really catch that. So, I'm telling the <laughs>
1: It's important. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, God continues to say stuff to us, the same thing, till we get it. Yeah. Anna, and I then
0: have one question what? before you, in the dark long hair, and uh, I got a of Oscar this morning from so convenient that he said. If you have a dream and if you, at the same time, are a perfectionist, uh, Oscar said, nothing will ever be perfect until Jesus comes back. Mm -hmm. So, you were talking about, maybe this is God's will or not, Mm -hmm. but if you have anxiety and you don't do it. So, if you have a dream or if you have something you think God wants to do. And if you are a perfectionist, the thing is that nothing will ever be perfect until Jesus comes back. Oscar from supplement. Uh, if we have a strong feeling that this is from God, we can try. <laughs> we are not perfect, the only one who is perfect is Jesus. Yeah. I
2: mm. think uh, you, are you you said, you got the program. If you were to be called up to the community, you I
1: think that's
2: the case. Mm-hmm. You can have that. Oh, I can check that out. Uh, and it's you, not important to, to not filter out what, comes, what I was saying first, but then filter out afterwards and think about it and process it. But to be open to <coughs> hear anything about it, you could yeah. call
1: True. I could be a missionary to China as well, if someone translates Mm -hmm. what I'm saying, or if God gives me Chinese, supernaturally. (coughs) It does happen. So I'm just, I'm just trying to illustrate. Yeah. But, but true, true. Well, good. Thank you very, very much. You have been
0: listening to the Vineyard Nordic podcast. For more information, please visit the Vineyard Nordic's website, vineyardnordic.org.